Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is Tamara Hermes. She is a friend of mine that I met at BPCon. We really hit it off at a uh, Paul Moore. Shout out to him. He put together a, a group dinner with a bunch of investors. And she came over and she said hi. And we just started talking. And we really just got along and connected and stayed in touch since. And I didn't actually know anything about her at that time. Just that she was uh, somebody cool. We were having dinner together. And then I realized she was doing all this incredible stuff. Um, you know, I invited her on the podcast. She came on and I wasn't even really sure what we were going to talk about initially. And then when it jumped into her backstory, I was like, man, like just blown away. But the, the amount of people that you come across on a daily basis in your life at some of these places and just the, the struggles that they've overcome in the backgrounds and the things they've accomplished and their mindset and the stuff that they can contribute and the way that they help other people. And you could just tell when she came on that she's a, she's a people pleaser. She enjoys people. She likes networking. She likes connecting. And she has built an entire real estate portfolio of seven figures plus by using those connections and utilizing those relationships for collaborations and partnerships of all kinds. So we talk about changing the relationship with money since she grew up without money and is now a multimillionaire. How did she do that? How did she shift that? How do you change that story? And then how do you actually change that story into habits that you take every day and continue to give yourself that self-talk to follow through with those habits, to change your patterns, to change your day, to eventually change your life? How do you write out your goals? How do you go through the, the trials and tribulations of real estate how do you find somebody if you don't have time that you can partner with, that you don't have money to partner with? How do you scrub those people? How do you screen those people? How do you screen those properties? All those different things to make sure that you're doing stuff, that you're having more wins than losses. If you do have losses, how do you keep that from really getting you down and taking big losses, catastrophic losses, still stay winning instead of losing over the course of your investing career? Uh, just a lot of different things about timely stuff in the market. And she's just a great person. So good energy, good person, great background, super successful, now gives back, helps women, loves people. And uh, I couldn't say enough good things about her without even knowing how successful she was. She was just a great person. And she truly means all the things she says. And you can tell when you're around her that she just really likes to talk to people, meet people, give back. And she's very curious, which I thought was really cool. So thank you so much, Tamara, for coming on. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All the, uh, all the friendship, all the help, all the connections and the hour, hour and a half that we got to spend together. So definitely connect with her, get her book, look at her mastermind, Check out uh, the courses and stuff that she's going to be putting together. Her podcast is going to be coming out, but you'll see all the links in the show notes for her website and her social media, ways to get her books, ways to get her toolkits and kinds of stuff like that. So plenty to offer, brings a ton of value, and uh, she brought a ton of value to this podcast as well. So check her out, follow her, go on her website, connect with her. You will not regret it. While you're there, also go to nicknicknick.com slash links for all the ways to subscribe to this show on all platforms and or YouTube and all the ways to connect with me on social media from Instagram to Facebook to TikTok, all those different things. The way that you pay the tuition for this show to get great guests like Tamara to come on and share her experience is simply by following the show, leave a review if you can, follow us on social media. And when I post the videos and the links and the clips from Tamara's episode, give a like, give a share, tag her, let her know that you watched it and you appreciated it. So we can continue to bring you A-game guests on the A-game podcast and bring you guys a lot of really great information to help you make more money and make less mistakes. Also, if you're looking for a checklist 
to bring more value to your buyers as a real estate agent, investor, or wholesaler, go to nicknick.com slash biggerpockets, and you can get a free checklist there. And last but certainly not least, I want to do some real estate together. So text me directly. It's the best way to discuss a real estate opportunity. Text the word real estate to 516-540-5733. 516-540-5733. Text the word real estate, and we can discuss if you want to buy a property from me, if you would like to sell a property to me, or if you don't really even know how we can work together, you just know you want to get into some real estate and you're thinking maybe we can partner together on some level or just figure out what the conversation looks like, text me 516-540-5733. Thank you for listening to A Game Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great day. All right, my guest today went from growing up with fear and limited beliefs about money with a father who was a Holocaust survivor and has changed her mindset and habits to become an entrepreneur and eventually found her way to real estate after realizing 90% of all millionaires were created through real estate. She is now a full-time real estate investor, educator, and financial coach, as well as the CEO and founder at the Wealth Building Concierge. She also realized that only 30% of those millionaires were women, and she now follows her passion of helping women become financially free and have better relationships with money. She's a big proponent of the quality of life like myself, and she's lived in various places all across the country and is a self-proclaimed travel junkie. As an example... Of an expert, she's also an asset. Oh, sorry, we cut that. She's also an, an expert in asset portfolio diversification and has invested in many classes of assets, including multifamily to storage units to Airbnbs, and has used connections to create multiple various partnerships that we're going to talk a lot about. She's gone from selling baby shoes to selling properties, and is the author of the Millionaire's Mentality, the professional women's guide to building wealth through real estate. She is a wife, a mother, and she has been featured on such amazing shows as a short-term show. Bigger Pockets, and Passive Real Estate Investing, and she's been passing on her lessons of understanding psychology, emotional intelligence, mindset, investing, entrepreneurship, and cultivating powerful and meaningful relationships to expand her circles in business. She's a mother, a wife, and someone who does not watch TV often. Please welcome to the A-Game Podcast, my Bigger Pockets buddy, Tamar Hermes. Hello. Thanks for having me. That was a great introduction. Everyone should have, everyone should write an introduction for themselves like that. That's awesome. <laughs> You've accomplished a, a ton of amazing things. One of the things that I really appreciate about stuff like, you know, BPCon, we hung out, we got to know each other. Shout out to Paul Moore, who uh, took us all out to dinner, man. What a, what a freaking awesome guy he's been on. So super nice. But everybody's so normal and nice and just looking a uh, like there wasn't a bunch of egos in the room. And then you meet people and you find out like they're so successful and they have these such amazing stories of stuff that they've achieved and overcome. And I love that you were almost like, I don't want to tell you anything about me. I just want to hang out. And then at some point, like we can kind of dig in. So I kind of waited a little bit to be like, well, let me just like have a relationship and then we'll figure it out. And now I'm like completely blown away with everything you've done. But I like that, uh, you know, we, we clicked this people first and I was like, awesome. I didn't even realize that she's got this like badass story. So for people who might not 100% be familiar with your story yet, can you give a little bit of a background of who you are and where you came from? Yeah, sure. So you did a great job of summing it up, but I grew up <laughs> without money. And I will go into a little more detail here and tell you, uh, the tell the viewers, uh, the audience, the insights that I had along my journey. So after growing up poor and being so fearful about money, I really had a lot of work to do to step into how do people make money? How do I become that person? What needs to happen? And being consistent about that journey. And it took me quite a while. I did buy my first property when I was 27, but I was still scared. I talk about it in my book. It's just, you take a step and then you think, oh, I was just lucky. That just worked out. But if I do it again, 
everything's going to fall down on my head and I don't want that to happen. So then you start taking baby steps and then you can work really slowly unless you start to step into the person that you want to be. And that was really what propelled me to grow my wealth a lot quick, more quickly and also to achieve the, the dreams that I had for myself and that I want others to also achieve. I absolutely love that. I think it's a a very interesting anomaly. I was having this conversation yesterday with uh, Kelly McMahon, actually. Shout out to her. But some people, a lot of people, I'd say most people, they wait until their back's against the wall and they don't have another choice to change their mindset or change their story. And I always tell people, like, don't wait until you are one of those people who goes, well, I was living in my car. I got diagnosed with terrible cancer or like something horrible that makes you go, okay, now I'm going to change the story because I have to. Was there a catalyst in your life that triggered that, that you just said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm not that person. I'm going to be this other person because it, I think you're, you're a little bit of an anomaly. And that's a very hard thing. Most people don't make that shift in life. Yeah. For me, when I was young, there was a feeling that if, I, if this was my life, if I was going to live the rest of my life without opportunity and, and means to afford the things I wanted, like travel, like a nice home, it wasn't even elaborate. It was just, I just wanted more freedom. I wanted freedom desperately. And a lot of real estate investors talk about freedom. And the reason is, is because we, we, we deserve to be free. That is what our life is supposed to be. We're supposed to be able to enjoy the things we want. We're supposed to be able to spend time with our family. We're supposed to, to live the dreams we want to live. This is our journey. So for me, I do feel that at that juncture in my life, my back was against the wall because I thought, if this is it, if this is it for the rest of my life, this is, this is just not sustainable for me. I don't want this life. And so I just started pushing and pushing. And really, honestly, I didn't believe in myself that much at that time. I didn't have anybody tell me that I could grow well through real estate. I didn't have anybody tell me how to make money. I had no clue. Like, like many of the audience that may be listening to this, they're probably sitting there the same way. Maybe they just, they have no idea about real estate. They think, how am I going to do this? There's all these people that are doing it. And it really is a, it, it is a leap of faith inside of yourself where you just say, there's no other alternative for me. I'm going to trudge through the mud. But then what happened that was miraculous, and this is the momentum that you're talking about, Nick, is that I just kept stretching through the mud and just going, going, going until I started to become the person that I wanted to be. And with every step, I got momentum. I got more momentum, just like Mike Tyson winning his fifth <laughs> fight. You know, he got stronger. He knew I'm going to get that guy. I'm going to do it. Just the more we do, the more wins we have, the more momentum we create. And the hardest part is starting. The hardest part is starting. So it's just, if anyone's listening and you're at that point where you think maybe you're even at a high level of success, but you just know that you have more inside you, just trudge through it, trudge through it and just practice being that person and, and align yourself with the people that you really want to become. That was the other thing that really pushed ahead my momentum. I would just connect with people that were several steps ahead of me. And I felt a little uncomfortable because I thought, well, what can I offer them? But I just kept bringing myself to it. I kept bringing my light to it and my energy and my, my 
vision and it just started to work. Like you said, at, at BPCon, I mean, you could be talking to anybody in that room. And a lot of those people were uber, uber successful and incredible real estate investors. And they would embrace you if you just go up to them and just speak from your heart. Yeah, it was really cool. The uh, You touched on something here that I think I'm going to take a little bit of a curveball because one of the things you said was you just kept doing it and doing it and it didn't feel any different and eventually it didn't. You caught that momentum. And, and I've, I've done some, some digging and listened to you on a bunch of other podcasts and read a lot of stuff that you've talked about. And you mentioned about how you would start doing some stuff that you used to hate, like, you know, whether it was exercise or just some of the morning habits and the meditation. And then eventually it didn't feel like work and a chore anymore. And then it got to the point where it feels weird if you didn't do it and you start to look forward to it. And I think that that's the thing that when you go to change the habits, it always feels like that at first, you know, and I was just, I, I was taking a, a freezing cold shower before we got on this and I was like, I'm going to do it later. And then I was like, nope, that's exactly how that thought process goes. Like, I don't want to do it now. I'm only going to want to do it less later, do it now. And it's become a thing where the first week, like I dreaded it, but now it does feel weird if I don't do it. And I think that that's an important thing for people to hear that you can believe something, but now you have to actually start doing something about it. And just because it doesn't feel good or it doesn't feel right, or you don't love it right now, like do things you don't like, do things that suck. And eventually that becomes your new baseline. Those becomes your new habits. And that literally changes like who you are every day. Like, I love that not to go too off topic, but I love that, that, that quote, I forget exactly what it is, but it's like how you live your day is how you live your life. I think about that every day when I want to be lazy. Yeah. And the other thing that's so interesting, and this is a great way to hack your mind, which is the fact that your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and what you tell it. I know that sounds in crazy, but this is science. Literally, if you tell yourself, I am a multi-million dollar investor over and over, your mind doesn't know the difference. If that part doesn't come in and say, oh, I only have three properties worth $400,000. That's not good. Your mind is going to take charge. So it's so true that exercising that, that mind and getting into that. I love that you're taking the cold shower. I'm, I'm a cold plunger. I have one at home and I go every day for five minutes at 41 degrees. And this is actually one of the first days that I didn't go. But now that you said you went, you know, as soon as we get off this call, I'm going to go in there and do my, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you tell yourself when you're feeling like, you know, obviously you start something new, you, you're trying to fight, you get that resistance. Like, how do you keep yourself? Like, what's the self-talk there to make sure that you're going, you're doing this stuff on a daily basis you need to get done? Well, one of the things that I do that's really powerful is I lean into grace and it's not whether you're, uh, whether you're of a religious belief, it might be, but it's also just tapping into the, to the fact that you're here and that this is your journey and, and believe and trust in, in what you're, what you really want to create and what you want to do. And that always gives me light because I know that that's, what's in my heart. And I know that if it's in my heart and I, and I walk through the world with that, that I'm going to start taking action steps that are going to bring me closer to where I want to be. And it just continues to build. And we talked, you and I were talking about setbacks and listen, it's not all roses. There are challenges. The, the harder you push to get to, to climb higher mountains, the more resistance you're going to get. And 
it can be it can be very challenging and that's when you really need to lean in with these with these messages you tell yourself and with leaning into the grace that i talked about leaning into compassion for yourself if you make a mistake not feeling like oh my gosh i made this mistake and now i'm a complete loser or i'm going to lose this amount of money that's the other thing we talked about most most investors and wealthy people they lose money they just make more than they lose but you can't even get into the game where you're making more than you lose unless you're willing to take a chance and keep moving forward and building. I think that that's incredible. And touching on that, we talked about beliefs about money and you're a big person on creating a better relationship with money and mastering that. And I think that that's a huge thing. My, my friend June, she, she uses a great analogy. I'm, I'm probably going to butcher the story, but she comes from China and she talks about how I think it's called monkey paw. And the way that they catch the, the monkeys there is they come over with like a, a little cage full of peanuts and the monkeys reach in and they grab it and they make a fist and they hold on to the peanuts and then they all start doing it. And then the, the guys just come and they take them all away with their hands in there. All they have to do to get out is open their hands and release the peanuts and pull their hand out, but they won't because they think the peanuts are the things that are keeping them safe. Meanwhile, holding on to those peanuts that they think is their safety blanket is literally the thing that's killing them. And I feel like that is like a really good analogy for what people do with their money. I would love to hear you talk about how you tackle that and teach people how to get around that. Yeah, I love that. Wow, that's a great story. I love that. I'm going to be repeating that. <laughs> so with money, what I believe is that you really need to tap into what money is. So money really is the exchange of value for services or assets. It's just an exchange. And once you start realizing that you're exchanging for value, and as long as you know that you always have some value, you're always going to be able to bring in more money. And money is just, a, money is the vehicle in which we are able to buy things, but it's not us. And we, we associate money with who we are. If we have a lot of money, then we're rich. And if we don't, then we're poor. That is not true. That's just, it's just money. It's not, it, it doesn't mean that you're rich or you're poor. You have a lot of asset. You have a lot in your bank account. But when you start reflecting differently about it, you're willing to release it more and let it move, right? Because if it's the exchange for value, then you can always get more of it. And you can always extend it out for some value that you're going to get. Uh, there was one recently I'm part of Genius Network. I don't know if some of the viewers know about it. It's a very high level uh, mastermind for entrepreneurs and some of the top mastermind uh, ma entrepreneurs in the world are in there. And uh, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was saying, yeah, at a certain point, it just feels like we're all just kind of exchanging our services to one another and just paying a high amount for it because the value is there. And so you just start to have another relationship with really what money is and and by and by knowing that there will there will always be able to be more money that comes to you so you need to be expansive i think the other thing that happens is that we, when we start out especially if we start out without a lot of money the first pillar is usually oh if i could just make a hundred thousand dollars a year oh my gosh i'd be so rich i'd be so rich with a hundred thousand and then you get to a hundred thousand and then you're okay now i need if I got a million. And so you keep moving, but the more expansive you can be about thinking about how much you want, 
it, it will expand how much you can get. Because if you're thinking you want a million dollars a year and you're thinking you want a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're going to have a different mindset, right? hundred thousand is a lot easier to reach than the million. So always expand and think more, 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 because it's hard to break those ceilings that we've tapped into. And we have these money limits in terms of how much we can have and how much we deserve and what's greedy. And we should know by now with the printing of all this money in the world, that it's pretty abundant and that we all deserve to have as much as, as much as we really want to create by how much value we bring. I think that's incredible. And you, you touched on the beliefs about money for people that all have money. And I tell everybody like masterminds and being around people like yourself, the people like uh, Paul Moore and Gabriel Hamill and all these great guys at BP con and great women that I met. Everybody has some sort of living beliefs that's keeping them from getting to whatever their next level is. I don't, I don't care where that is or what that is. We all have it. We're humans. And uh, Jason Dries, who's part of Go Abundance as well, is on my podcast. And I went to his three-day event, and it was all about that stuff. And it was amazing to see people that were looking to make five figures a month up to people who were making seven figures plus a month that all still had to change and shape their limiting beliefs about money. Like everybody has it, but people, for whatever reason, when they have more of it, I think they're more aware of how much help they need it. And when they have less of it, they think that that part's not important. That always blows me away. So beginners, I don't think appreciate like that stuff that that's really the journey. And that's really the stuff They go, just give me the checklist. And as I think Brandon Turner might've coined, if it was just about having the information, everybody would have a billion dollars in a six pack. It's more than that. It's these other things. So I think they have a, a fear or a belief like the monkey paw thing that leaving your money in the bank and letting it sit there is the safe thing to do. And I, I love your take on this. I'd love for you to share it with anybody right now that's scared to maybe let those peanuts go and put it into something that can help create more money or a lifestyle or hit, hit that level. They're too scared to let it go. They think leaving it in Chase Bank's good. What would you say to them? Well, the first thing is that if your goal is to create wealth, holding those peanuts, especially in the bank where they pay you 0.002% is a surefire way to not get to your goal. So if you don't want to reach your goal, don't let go of the peanuts. The second thing is that sometimes as scared as you can be, you just need to drop the peanuts. You just have to do it literally. Like I'm sure Nick every morning when he goes into the cold shower is thinking son of a gun. Like I don't really want to do this. It's not that fun, but it makes you tough. So just sometimes dropping them, just, you just kind of just need to just say five, four, three, two, one, like Mel Robbins says, and just drop them and see where you land and be smart about it. I mean, don't go into a deal that is that has a lot of risk and that doesn't feel good to you. But if obviously you're educating yourself and you have a certain amount, amount of knowledge, at a certain point, you need to drop the peanuts and get in the game. So that's what I would say. I would say just drop it and just, and then it's just a matter of that. And letting yourself get to the other side because the other side is once you release the peanuts but if you're not willing to release it then you don't have a fighting chance the the last thing also that has come up a lot for me recently as i grow and expand is the idea of being uncomfortable and i talk about it a lot because i just think that it's it's one of the core points that hold us back in our mindset because what happens is that we crave comfort. We crave it as even from generations ago where 
we were afraid the lion would come and eat us. So we know if we stay in, inside the cave, then we'll be safe. And it, it is a, the only way to grow is to be willing to get uncomfortable. So I would also say, ask yourself, do I want to grow? Then, hold, then, then let go of the peanuts. Do I not want to grow? Then hold on to the peanuts. It's that simple. Like if you ask yourself that question and you're like, I want to grow, darn it, it's done. I got to I got to throw them out. So you you know you have to rip the bandaid. You got to rip the bandaid and rip the bandaid and rip the bandaid because on the other side of it is just this light and this growth and abundance and connections and people you want to be with and you just have to take that leap over and over and go for it. I love that. I think that's phenomenal advice and we, you and I were talking about math earlier and even outside of like the the mental side of that the mathematical side you're actually losing money keeping it there and not putting it into work for you. And, and people don't understand that side of it either. Yeah. And that's just a basic principle. I mean, if interest rates are at, uh, are at what set, you know, 7% now, and you're uh, making 0.2 and uh, inflation is at 8%, you've got to understand that you're losing money. You're just losing money. Money's meant to move. Money is just meant to move. And if you want to hold on to it and keep it stuck, it's just going to get stale and rot. So that's another thing to think about when you don't want to let go of your peanuts. I think that that's phenomenal advice. And when people actually take that advice and they do something with it and they get to the other side like yourself, I'd love to hear a little bit about what is your real estate journey like? We'll talk some of the, some of the properties that you're into, some of your favorite asset classes. I, I like to hear a little bit about kind of your, your portfolio, the stuff you like to focus on. And then we talked all about different ways to put that together, depending on people's strengths and weaknesses, which we, we could probably talk for the whole day about. But start out, just talk a little bit about your current real estate situation. Yeah, absolutely. So I own a dozen or so properties now uh, on my on my own, and uh, those I manage only so that I can achieve real estate professional status. If you don't know what that is, we won't go too deep. I'm sure there's been shows where you've talked about it, but real estate professional status is really the uh, the golden egg of real estate because it enables you to get tax advantages and tax advantages can double your income very quickly. So imagine if you were paying, if you're making 300,000 a year and you're giving away 150,000 back to the government for taxes, and then all of a sudden you could keep 100,000 more of that. That's an exponential growth. So that is one of the, that's one of the main reasons that I do active investing. It's the only way for me to legitimately get real estate professional status. As a result, I Airbnb most of my properties now. The reason is, is because, uh, well, I say Airbnb, I should say short-term rental because there's many strategies involved and it's not just Airbnb. And the reason why I do that is because I am greedy. I like appreciation <laughs> and cash flow. And the only way to do that is to uh, get a boost because generally in appreciating markets, while we don't invest for appreciation, but we kind of know, I mean, you know, certain areas are going to be appreciating markets. I live in Austin. So for me, Austin is an appreciating market. And I love this. I love this market. And uh, while it is, it, it has been very inflated. If you find the right deals, then you can definitely do well. And so for me, I actually uh, enjoy 
uh, getting the appreciation and the cash flow. And the way to do that is to furnish the spaces so that you can charge a premium. And now uh, short-term rentals, they were all the rage for the last five years, and now they're getting a little trickier. So we really need to, uh, as an investor, step up, create really great spaces, know how to use the software. Using Price Labs is a great way to go because it enables you to use dynamic pricing. There's a lot involved in keeping up the the numbers. But anyhow, I love those. So uh, most of my portfolio is that I do. The other ones are buy and holds. I also have been working with a partner on tearing down uh, dilapidated houses in East Austin and working with prefabs. And that's been a lot of fun. And again, the reason why that works is appreciation, cash flow, and the third piece that is so critical, especially in this market, is making sure you have a widespread in terms of where you're buying and what the market will bear. So market can come down, but I still have enough equity to have uh, mitigated strategies where I can where I can sell that property and flip it if I need to, where I can turn it into a long-term rental if I need to, where I can strategize around the short-term rental where I can be a little slower for a month and, and not be stressed. So there are also new, new builds. So I don't have any deferred maintenance. So there's, there's a great advantage there. And also uh, one of the, one of the key things that I work on in my portfolio is working with partnerships. So like I said, I have a partner in the prefabs. I have partners where I own short-term rentals in the Smokies and uh, I do nothing on those properties. They were purchased before COVID. So again, timing is, is really important. And I got all my money out of that deal. We refinanced and now I just get cash flow and I have no money in the deal. So imagine having a short-term rental in a market where you can make pretty good money uh, as long as you buy it right and know how to work the short-term rentals and have no money in the deal and keep getting paid and do no work and do no work. So you got to look at your strengths. You got to look and see what also, let's say you're interested in, uh, in storage or industrial or multifamily. It's hard to become an expert in all those things. There's a lot involved. People don't just decide, oh, I'm going to buy a multifamily. It's challenging. There's a lot of different challenges. There's a lot of little pieces that you need to take account for. And if you don't want to become a master, there's a lot of really great multifamily investors that work with syndications. And so somebody like Paul Moore, we can invest with and make and make money and do no, none of the work and have them vet all the deals, have them figure out how to how to get the best deal. So I have a large part of my portfolio is with passive investing deals. And I just, I just love them. Do I make as much money as the, as the actual syndicator, as the uh, person that is doing the acquisitions? No, I don't. But I also don't have to do as much of the work. And uh, if I really actually don't really need to do any other than uh, basically analyzing the, the, in investor and the uh, parameters around the deal, making sure I like the numbers. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty smooth move as far as I'm concerned. So there's lots of ways to invest. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and puts, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, 
whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. So I think that that ties back into what you want out of the picture you're trying to paint for your financial future. And I think you and I are aligned on the side of just quality of life. And I think when you are able to maybe do some active income strategies to get yourself out of your nine to five or get yourself in a position where now you are not worried about every bill coming in, then you can make that decision of like, yes, I can make a lot more money with my own active income, or I can find a players that I can trust and I can use my own expertise to vet them and vet the deal. And then I can let my money go to work for me. And instead of maybe you're not making all of it, but you've gotten so much of your time back. And that really is like the carrot there of like the people that are great at that stuff, like the Paul Moores or the, you know, the Tim Bratz or the guys that are focusing only on the multifamilies or the data Cornells and the storage units. Like they put so much time into being experts of those things that you can't be an expert on anything, on everything, but you can find those people who are and get a piece of that. And I, I think that that's a huge nugget that you just gave for people of you're never going to know all the things that those guys and girls know about it, but you don't have to, and you can still take part in it and get some of your time back and have your money make some money for you. Absolutely. And then if you want to take on a new asset class, then by all means, dive in and just take a class, get learn, go on YouTube, get mentors, dive in, dive in and start finding deals and, and becoming a master in that. So you can, you can have that feather in your cap if that's something that you're interested in. You can always forge ahead. It's just a matter of realizing that if you know everything, you know nothing. So you want to be careful about that. And then the other thing for me was that at a certain point, I felt like I had a certain amount of money and I knew that I was generating enough income to more than sustain all the things that I wanted in my life. And then I started thinking about, okay, how do I contribute? How do I give back? Because contribution is a big piece for most of us because we're giving beings. We want to share. We want to help one another. I mean, look at this podcast, how much how much of a gift it is to others to get this knowledge that Nick puts all his heart and soul into. And so that's when I started doing my mastermind and doing coaching to make sure that I could help others along my journey. Cause that's what fills my cup to know that I'm also helping others rise up and get to where they want to be. And not just about myself, because when it's all about you, that's another thing. If you start feeling really stuck, if you're, if you're in your mindset and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this happened. I feel so bad. I made a mistake or I made a bad deal and I lost money. Start thinking about other people go and help in a food line, do something. It sounds crazy, but Honestly, when you get out of your head and you start thinking about other people and how fortunate you are and how many blessings that you can offer and how much light you can bring to others, it will feed you and you'll have the strength to carry on and know that your goals are bigger than you and that we're all supposed to be contributing to one another so that we can have a more satisfying world. That's excellent stuff right there. 
All right. So I think that that's a, an amazing thing is just it's, it's more than just us. And I tell people that a lot of the time that it can't just be about money. It has to be about a bigger thing. Otherwise, that's how you wind up falling back into those same patterns. And what you've done with your wealth building concierge and the circles and the masterminds that you're in is you've established a lot of connections and people are coming from all different walks of life with all different sort of investing goals. So I think what you bring to the table is something very relevant to the listeners because we talked about how you were able to grow your net worth and your lifestyle through your connections by putting together partnerships for all kinds of different things. So it's not always necessarily what you know. I tell people a lot of it is who you know, and knowing the right people and being able to put those connections together, I think is an amazing thing. And I think your podcast, where you bring it out, we'll talk about that, is only going to do better. So talk a little bit about for people listening about how you can put those connections together and utilize those relationships to find partnerships to expand your business and your portfolio. Absolutely. I'm actually going to share a book that I found recently that I love called The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. This book, this guy is really the ultimate sales <laughs> salesman. And he does it in a way that's extremely strategized and intelligent. And one of the things that he says, which is going to answer your question, Nick, is he says, Think of a hundred people that you would want to meet a hundred people. Maybe it is like Brandon Turner or I don't know, whoever it is. Uh, it could be, it could be the president of a company. It could be anyone and really then hone in on what can you do to meet those people? How do you go? Like one of the ways is to go to something like BPCon. They're all there. You can walk up to them. You can talk <laughs> about proximity. I mean, they're right there. You can literally go and say hello. Uh, and you can you can do you can make these connections if you are very honed in on who's that person I want to meet. Why do I want to meet them? How can I help them? And how can they help me? What is that? What is that relationship going to be? So that I love the idea of just really honing in on people. And I'm really really good at that because I can see where I can serve and where others can support me. And I always try to give and, and that's, that's what comes from my heart. And I always try to be honest and I don't know everything and I am humble about it, but I offer what I do know. And I, and I am willing to make those connections. So part of that has to be, for example, BPCon, it wasn't a, it wasn't an inexpensive ticket. I believe it was $1,000 to go and then there was hotel and you just have to be willing to invest in yourself and then set some intentions before just say, I wanna meet these kinds of people and just start talking to people. And if there's someone that is high profile that you wanna meet, then you need to go into that and, and establish some sort of connection, relationship, and follow-up. I think that that's incredible. And I think, again, another thing that we, we learned there, the more people that we hang around that are successful, I think other people think that all they do is win. They hit home runs every time, and they're scared to, A, fail for themselves, but they're also, I, I see a lot of people that are scared of, like, if I fail and other people find out that I'm not perfect – what what's going to happen and it's like well, well none of us are like the only people that are going to judge you for stuff are people that have never tried and failed at anything which you know that whole cliche is is very true but you if i, I want to misquote you but i believe you said if i didn't work all the time i felt like i was failing or i feel failure if i didn't work all the time and then you discovered that failure was an opportunity to reach the next level of success i love that i think we could probably do a whole day on that but 
we were talking earlier about, you know, having some losses, losing some money, but having more wins and getting over that fear of failure and not feeling like you have to spend every day working for perfection. Talk about that. Cause I, I think that that's a huge piece that people miss and it keeps them from getting started. Yes. I think that you need to really invite yourself to know that you are going to make mistakes and know that it's okay. I think that we're so designed as humans to feel like we look at other people and we think, oh, they're perfect. They never fail. They're so smart. Look at all the deals they have. Look at all they've accomplished. Look at all this. Look at all that. You forget the journey that they had. You forget that Robert Kiyosaki lived in his car for a year <laughs> or two. You forget it. He lived in, a, he lived in his car for a year or two, or maybe even more. I mean, it was a while. So you got to remember that, that you have to be, you have to be willing to not sleep in your car, (laughs) (laughs) but you need to be willing to do the work and do the reps and, and you need to be compassionate, compassionate to yourself and, and know that the more the, the, doors that are going to open by you stretching yourself, by you calling up somebody that you feel uncomfortable calling, you feel like, what am I going to say? And just getting in on the conversation, you might be pleasantly surprised by how that conversation goes. And it's just about not realizing that, that you cannot be fearful of of not hitting those goals, of, of not getting up. It's, you know, life is not just up a hill. It's up and down, up and down, up and down. And then your job to, when you're down is to keep yourself with your head straight and get in a cold shower and <laughs> pick yourself up and, and get busy. So I really, I try to keep my my lows very short. I, I don't, I won't go into, uh, you know, some people, they overeat, they, they, they drink too much. Those kind of things will tear you up. Really get yourself back up as soon as you fall. Don't let yourself keep going because what happens is, is that if you start drinking, then you start drinking and then you're drinking and then every time you're drinking and it will really slow you down. And so it's very important to remember what your focus is and to really honor yourself and give yourself a, a chance because if you're overeating or drinking too much or doing or not exercising and giving yourself energy and waking up and just watching TV, it's not going to get you to where you want to be. So you got to really step into that person that you want to become and you can do it. I mean, we all, you've seen it. I mean, you've seen Nick and I and everybody else that's on this, uh, on the the show probably has come from hard times. And you can even think of Robert Kiyosaki in his car and you can think, gosh, if that guy's willing to live in his car, look where he is now. That can't be easy. That's a tough road. That's a big choice. You got to do whatever it takes. And I think that that also comes down to mapping out really like what do you want and what are you willing to get there? And when we we first started coming on before we started recording, you talked about goal setting and how that's a huge thing that you work with your clients on, which I want to talk about next, but talk a little bit about that, of the, the importance of goal setting, what you do to actually take them from your head, put them on paper and map out an actual plan of execution to achieve them. Yeah. So with goal setting, I think it's really important to have your big audacious goal And then it's also important to have more chunk down goals. And those goals, especially with real estate investing, really need to come into play 
with your financial situation. So if you don't have a lot of finances and you want to buy a certain amount of properties, then you need to focus on seller finance. Then you're not going to buy in California. Then you're not going to, there's certain things that are on your no list right away and you can narrow down. Okay. Maybe I'll go to Florida. I'll focus on some mailers so I can get a seller finance deal or whatever it is that, that is aligned with what is actually realistic for you. You want to set yourself up to win. Or you can say, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to mentor. I'm going to mentor under somebody, and I'm going to try and make a, a partnership where I can contribute my time and effort so that I can get some equity in the deal. So you have to think about where you're at now. If you have a lot of resource, then you can set different kinds of goals. Then you can start to think, okay, I, I this is what I want to create. These are the kind of returns that I want. This is what I want to achieve. I talked about, again, with goals, I talked about real estate professional status. When I learned about real estate professional status, I, I raised both hands in, <laughs> in, put me in coach. And because I saw the benefits and I knew that that was something that was worth having. And so I really honed in on, okay, what needs to happen? Now there are certain parameters and I believe Brandon Hall uh, and I think my friend Amanda Hahn also does some fabulous uh, uh, YouTube uh, videos on it. And you can just Google that and find out more about that because that is a great, uh, that's a great opportunity. But once I knew that, then I knew, oh shoot, okay, I need this many to get this many hours to be able to get, to be able to get uh, the status. So what do I want to focus on? What's going to be easier for me? So that was kind of the way that I looked at it. That was how I set my goals. So the first thing is also setting your goals that are, that are aligned with really what you want that are also somewhat achievable. I mean, it's not that easy to start buying properties in Austin where everybody else and their grandmother <laughs> and grandfather want to buy properties, uh, but, but it's possible. So once you hone in, you can start to find those opportunities. So that's kind of how I like to approach goal setting. And when I'm doing goal setting, I also will hone in on just a few things at a time. So I'm not, I don't have so many goals where nothing gets done and I'll just really uh, create, okay, this is what I want. And then really hone in on the action plan. But first I think, what do I want? And then I think of the action plan. I think that that's phenomenal advice and not enough people take that into account. My buddy, Ali Aquint, the UFC fighter, he said the only goals he's never achieved are the ones that he doesn't write down. So I think that that's a, a huge thing that people just want success and they don't do the things you're talking about, about, well, what do I really want? What am I willing to do to get there? What are my action steps there? And then going in, like you said, changing the story mentally and then changing the physical actions until they become your habits. So I love all the things you've done. And I don't think it's a, an accident by any means that you're in the circles you are and that you are as successful as you are and that you really give that energy out in person for people that meet you, that all the stuff you say, I completely believe about how you love people and truly want to give back because I met you and we just hit it off and everybody around you you just had that really welcoming energy and i will say kind of tying the whole thing in with you know anxiety and stories in your head and stuff like that i i obviously paid to go to bpcon to meet new people and network and then i have guests on like paul and he invites me out to dinner and there's still that like anxiety in the back of my head of like 
well, maybe I won't go. Like, what if I say something? You know, you, you just know to know. So I almost didn't go. And then I would never have this awesome time. I wouldn't have met you. We wouldn't be on this podcast now. So do the uncomfortable stuff. Don't listen to this stuff in your head. Like, go out there, meet people, talk to people, make mistakes, put yourself out there and, and meet some great people, have some great meals and make some great memories. Yeah, it's only uncomfortable because you don't, because you haven't done it. And the truth is, is like your fear is just in your mind. You can tell yourself anything. For me, when I went to that dinner, one of my things, because I love people, I just love people. I, and you never know who you're going to meet. Now, Nick was sitting on the opposite side of yeah. my table, probably about like six people away. And I got up out of my chair and I started introducing myself to people and just saying hi and meeting people. And Nick was one of the people where, where it was like the gem of the connection where you meet somebody and you're like, oh my gosh, I really like you. And we didn't even talk about real estate investing. We were just talking about like, hey, you know, what, what, what's up? Like, what do you like? And what kind of person are you? So that you, you, you miss out the opportunities. You miss, you miss all the shots you don't take. Yeah. So just take them, let go of the peanuts. Let go of the peanuts. I like it. Like that might be the title of the podcast. Let go of the peanuts. So talking about WC, Wealth Building Concierge, uh, your mastermind, all the stuff you got going on. I'll talk about how do you help people with all the different ways from investing to just changing their mindset to empowering women. I know you got a lot of stuff you're involved in. Talk all, all, all things you. Yeah. So of course, my book at tamarbook.com is you can get the millionaire's mentality. And that's a great way to start learning about real estate investing and how I shifted my mindset and all that I learned. I really just wanted to pack in a lot of tools and ideas about how I was able to create a portfolio. And then at wealthbuildingconcierge.com is a link to my, my mastermind, which is a high net worth group of women where we've already achieved the multi seven figure level of net worth. And we're really looking at, okay, what's next? We're really thinking big pictures and we're looking at legacy. We're looking at uh, at uh, opportunities from that standpoint. Uh, some women are exiting businesses. Some women are going from active to passive, all the things that we think about. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun. We also do a lot of in-persons together and retreats. So that's just a great time to really uh, mastermind. And also, again, my connections, I bring a lot of my connections in on that. So that's a lot of fun and having those talks with, with really exceptional people. And uh, with Wealth Building Concierge, my group coaching, I'm really working with women to really work on building our portfolio, get past the mindset, figure out what are we, what are your goals, and also providing what I talked to you about before we started this white glove service where I'll make connections for you. A uh, bit like what Nick does when he, where you can call him and tell him you want to do a wholesaling deal and he'll put everything together for you and create that for you. Uh, that's such a great value and service and gosh, it saves a lot of time. My gosh, what a gift. Uh, and uh, then I'll do the same thing where I'll connect with realtors or wholesalers or different things, but more mine will be with real estate agents that are investor friendly, that really understand how to invest while I'm still nurturing you through the process of what you want to create and grow. So yeah, so it's a lot of fun. I, I love, um, I love serving and I love watching, uh, making a difference. I just had a client take a video for me of a coffee shop she now has on the Oregon coast because I connected her with a realtor in that area. She wasn't even thinking about that area. She lived in Portland and now she has a coffee shop 
on the on the water. I mean, it's just phenomenal and it's doing really well. It's very exciting. That's really cool. I love all that stuff. And you check a lot of boxes for people of all shapes and sizes who want to get in on any levels from starting out to financial stuff to mindset stuff. So I'll put all those links in the show notes for sure. On top of that, social media stuff. Is there stuff you want to plug there as well? Like Instagram, which, which, what's your pleasure for social media? I'm on LinkedIn and you can just Google my name, Tamar Hermes or um, at Wealth Building Concierge on Instagram. I'm, I'm looking at Twitter though. Twitter's on my <laughs> radar. I got a That's little blur, awesome. a lot of little blurbs to, to quote. And uh, you have something coming semi soon down the pipeline that people could be excited about? Well, I think that because the mastermind and the group coaching program are open enrollment, that that is something that's always exciting. The fact that you can just jump in and enjoy that experience. I'm thinking podcast wise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That was not on my that was not on my radar. Yes, I'm going to be starting a podcast in Q2, uh, maybe Q3, but I'm looking at Q2, see how much prep is involved, but I'm on it's on my goal sheet for the quarter. So that's the other thing, even if you don't meet a goal, it's okay. It's on your goal sheet, keep working, working toward it. And, uh, in, you know, if you need to extend a couple of weeks, that's okay. And so, yes, uh, I want to uh, call it the Millionaire's Mentality podcast and uh, based on my book and uh, really start looking at the, the mindset and the goals and how to's of building wealth and, uh, and real estate and just living the life of your dreams. Well, I love that you practice what you preach and you are who you are. Like that's a, a thing that I, I very much loved about getting in these circles of the same way you are on the podcast is the same way you are at dinner is the same way you are. So anybody who has the opportunity to, to join you on any level or be part of what you're doing, they're going to see what a great energy you have. And you can tell that you truly love people and you love conversations. You're so curious and inquisitive and it goes a long way. And you really made me and the guys that I was with there feel very comfortable. So I'm very happy that we got to meet. I'm very happy that we got to do this podcast together. And I look forward to continuing your friendship personally, professionally, all those things, because you are a great person who brings your A game to everything you do. And this interview has been no different. You definitely brought your A game to this podcast. Any Thank final you. thoughts before I let you go for the day? Well, you know, again, I just want to say it over and over. Just let go of those peanuts and tell your story. Tell your story to your mind, what you want to be. Don't tell your story of the things that you can't be and the fears. Just tell it what you want to be because that's the key to it. It's not that hard to find a deal. It's not that hard to get into real estate. It's not that hard to make money. What's hard is getting past that part of you that's telling yourself why you can't. And I love uh, one of my mastermind members has a plaque on her uh, on her office wall that says, you can't deposit excuses. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave you with that. Just remember that whenever you're into, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't because of this, 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 you cannot deposit excuses. Extremely wise words upon many others you've given this interview. Thank you so much for coming on. See the show notes for all the ways to connect. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Tomorrow, her Thank you.